This is JFM Podcast. Association Polytechnic. Then I have Kwasu, Colleges of Education, Academic Staff. Then I have Nasu, I have Sanu, I have Nat, then I have Asu. I had given all the unions, all the six of them, the offer made by government. And I want to tell you, in principle, all of them accepted it. The only exception was ASU that gave me two other conditions. These five unions will call off the strike. But I cannot say the same for ASU. Because, and let me just tell you what they are asking is, they can accept this if the federal government will agree to pay the salary for the month they have not worked. And I told them the federal government will not. The federal government is not acting arbitrarily. Before, uh, it was some magnanimity on its part. There is a law which says if there is no work, there will be no pay for it. I believe this will be a very strong element that will deter many from going on strike. Government has not approved UTAS. Uh, What I know the last on this issue is a committee has worked and tested all the three platforms, IPPIS, UTAS, U3PS. And the preliminary result shows that these two new ones are better than IPs in so many respects. But the decision of government will depend on what ultimately is given in the report that is being read now. The minister was asked what happens to this... Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, one. A very good morning to you. Thank you for staying with me on The Morning Jade, The Breakfast Show on J101.9 FM. It is Monday and it is August 22, 2022. And it is three minutes past the hour of 9 a.m. I'm your host, Zoe Machunga. The program is Let's Talk. It's all about politics and current affairs at this hour. Hello, good morning to you. Am I on to you, Mr. Moses Dachen? Hello, Mr. Moses Dachen. Oh, dear, dear. All right. Uh, we're expecting a guest to join in from the U.S. this morning. We're trying to reach him via phone. Well, a lot has happened this week, of course. Uh, a lot happened the weekend, I beg your pardon. And a lot will be happening this week already as the newspapers as the, and the stories are breaking. As you can see, 578-day strikes, angry lecturers, dumping varsities, ASU laments. This is the top story uh, coming from the Punch newspaper. And, of course, parents... Uh, uh, guardians, all stakeholders, any concerned Nigerian, every concerned Nigerian, you know, is worried about the state of uh, our public universities and, and students haven't been at home since February 14, 2022. Uh, you know, the current strike by ASU started on February 14, 2022 and has entered uh, day 188 today on Monday, you know, and there's been this back and forth uh, going on concerning that you know, and I will get to talk uh, all about this matter. And a uh, good thing, uh, my one of my guests here in the studio, uh, you know, has something that he wrote concerning ASU strike and his take on it. Uh, well, um, it, I don't know if it seems at, at some point like the tide is beginning to shift as though some people are beginning to feel like, okay, ASU should have just taken, you know, the, the bite and the bait uh, that uh, the federal government, you know, placed at its table. But we'll talk all about that in a bit. And of course, I promise you uh, that some 
sometime this week we will try to get ASU uh, hopefully to come and let us know why they took the stands that they took but then it's been uh, you know the no work no pay policy uh, you know like I said uh, since February 14 when the university uh, lecturers last taught students in public uh, universities this development has left students parents other stakeholders frustrated absolutely you know maybe some even on the brink of depression you know uh, so the lecturers under the the umbrella body of ASU uh, has accused the government on reneging on agreements made in the past failing to fund education sector adequately uh, Adamu Adamu also the Minister of Education says six, six unions were given an offer but for ASU uh, their concerns uh, you know are, is that they didn't accept theirs and you know we want to know if these concerns are valid what do you think about that you know because it has been a thorny issue this payment platform uh, the lecturers seem to have scored maybe a good point uh, with that one this time bargaining for a new payment system uh, you know and the committee has worked and you know uh, tested all the three platforms uh, the minister has asked you know so what is going to happen uh, again to the students who have lost uh, you know that academic calendar and that's where the problem is coming because as we're saying hey you have to pay us for the lost time if you want us to go all the way back there and uh, federal government is saying no work no pay so you know who will compensate the students again is another question hello good morning Good morning, Mr. Morning, Moses Dachen. Okay, Mr. Moses Dachen, thank yes, you so much How for joining you? us uh, on the program. Let's talk. You are live right now on J101.9 FM. Uh, Mr. Dachen uh, is joining us uh, from the U.S. this morning. Thank you so much. I know you're hours uh, behind, uh, but you had to stay up uh, for us to uh, have this program go smoothly and also hear from your end talking about uh, the request for the proposal for the uh, redevelopment of the Joss main market uh, by the Plateau in Diaspora. And that is uh, the representative there for Plateau Diaspora Fund joining us via phone from the U.S., Mr. Moses Dachen. So um, thank you for your time. So, but before then, before we jump into that matter, we were talking about uh, the problem with ASU, and I already have in the studio with me Mr. Emmanuel Mense Madaki, a legal pra practitioner, and uh, you've written something concerning uh, that ASU issue. But then let's just get to a rundown of what we'll talk about this morning. We also have another issue, the $418 Paris Club refund. NGF says Malami's actions fraudulent, self-serving. Uh, there's been this back and forth between the Nigerian Governors Forum and Malami concerning the refund of the this money and I will get to chop up on these issues but then um, since you're joining us and we know that we're not on the same uh, time frame at this time let's get to hear from you uh, Mr. Moses Dachen uh, you're speaking uh, on behalf of uh, the Diaspora Fund this morning uh, of course uh, we have seen the back and forth uh, throughout last week in fact since this news broke uh, concerning uh, the Joss main market and uh, there's, there's, there's been so many uh, opinions also concerning this uh, there's been a protest you know uh, between uh, some citizens as well uh, saying that you know through the protests that they do not support the idea the government should not go ahead with such a plan and um, you know again some argue that everyone wants the market built some don't want its current location uh, the location change some don't care you know again who builds it the condition under the, which the MOU is being signed is another bone of contention the 6040 uh, but you know some also want to reverse I don't know if that's gonna work uh, some are worried about the security of the markets the Joss uh, North is a very volatile place and uh, of course the major issue has been you know the persons sponsoring or the bank 
that's sponsoring or that's supposed to, to be sponsoring this uh, this matter and uh, that has been the major issue also so you have come in the plateau uh, diaspora fund to say that so what is your proposal what do you want us to know what do you want to put out there uh, for plateau citizens okay uh, first and foremost i really want to say thank you to your platform jfm for giving us the opportunity to air our position we want to give a shout out to the great people of plateau and all your listeners and i want to send greetings too to your guests out there with you in the studio now like you've stated uh my, the position of plateau uh diaspora fund this is actually a collection of uh Plateau residents who are scattered within the U.S., U.K., um, Germany, and, and other parts of the world. Now, the reason why we stepped into this concept to, to provide an alternative solution is absolutely as a result of what we have observed currently going on with respect to the agreement of our state government and with the idea at which the way people came to understand what is going on. And just like you have stated, there is an ongoing controversy with regards to this. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say on our, on our, on our behalf, we find it uh, a commendable effort that our state government deem it necessary to rebuild this market. And so whoever is building it, whatever is leading to that decision, we feel like it's a commendable effort. So we commend the government for taking that decision. However, uh, one thing that is certainly clear that must be established is that when you are trying to rebuild a public project such as this, we understand that there are international standards or there are standards that have to be followed. And some of these standards is you have to put it out for a bidding process. You have to open it up for individuals and entities that have the capacity and the means to indicate their interest to come in to solve the problem. And when that is done, it needs to be done in an open forum in such a way that the people need to understand who is saying they want to do what. And when you finally make a decision that we are awarding this contract to Mr. A or to Company A, now you are able to set out your reasons because Company A has made an offer that is better than all the offers. So for us, in assessing how this decision is arrived at and the terms in, in the MOU, we could not really in any way identify how the government arrived at such a decision. Everything for us, as far as we're concerned, is shrouded in secrecy. So as much as this is a good idea, as much as this is a good venture, there is nothing for us to make comparison to say, okay, out of all the other offers from other individuals or from other uh, entities that have made an offer, this company or this bank, JS Bank, has made an excellent offer that exceeds any other one. There is no basis for us to make comparison. That is one. And so I believe, or we believe, this resistance, this opposition, as as erroneously as it's been said that it is because Jais Bank is a it's an Islamic standard to why the people on the plateau are opposing that. I I don't think that's true. There might be an element of truth based on individual opinion, but we in the diaspora we do not raise our standard of objection based on that standard. It is because we don't have basis or parameters to be able to determine on what basis did the state arrive at that conclusion. Mm -hmm. And secondly, the state is awarding a contract of almost a 10 billion naira 
uh, to, to, to this entity to rebuild the market? What are the indices? What are the parameters? What are the things that have been set in motion for us as a public to be able to see these are the things that will be rebuilt? Now, is there a, is there a plan that has been shown to the public that the market is going to be built to this standard? Is it going to be built back to its former standard? Is it going to be built back in what, what standard is it going to be built at? How did they arrive at the cost? What are the cost estimates? So when we look at all of that, and the controversy between the ownership right in terms of 60, 40 percentage of ownership right. And as it has been explained, that the Jais Bank is going to own 60% in which it will sell out to individuals and then it will recoup its investment, which is which we think that approach in itself is, is faulty. However, we want to give it out. We want we, we don't want to we don't want to lay too much claim on that. The problem we have with that is that how did you arrive at allocating 60% to Jai's Bank while you hold 40%? And how did you arrive at saying the end user who is going to buy this market is going to keep this market for 40 years? Why, why not 20 years? Why not 15 years? Why not? How did you arrive at 40 years? You know, how do you know that 40 years is what it will be required for the end user to be able to pay back before the government can take ownership? So all these standards, all these processes have been shrouded in secrecy. And that is the more reason why people on the plateau are, are, are resisting, because the government has not done enough work in order to, to market this agenda, to, pro, to, to publicize this agenda in such a way that creates enough information. And so we in the diaspora decided, okay, we are going to step in. It's a concern because the way the government portrays that is nobody was willing to put the money. And that is why we have found this entity that is willing to put the money and we have offered them the contract. Mm-hmm. Now, if your concern is no one is able to put the money, only this entity, we want to say that open up the bid. We want to come in. We want to offer the same offer at a better rate and at a, at a more at a more negotiated rate that will be acceptable to our own people. Give us the opportunity to sit down and talk with the government and, and discuss a better term. Give us the opportunity to be able to rescue the situation. Now, let me make this very clear. We are not insisting that it has to be Plato diasporans that will fund this project. All we are saying is that the terms of this contract needs to be looked into, needs to be renegotiated. The government needs to sit down and do more talking. The government needs to sit down and do more explaining. The government needs to sit down more and More information more and more light needs to be Where shared indeed. Done, okay, Mr. Moses, so, so why is the diaspora fund, in, you know, particularly, um, you know, interested in this particular um, event and in this particular structure? Because, I mean, there's in other issues uh, because also some ward on the street or on the other end of the fence also has been you know where were you all this while you know when uh, you know the state was burning and all of that I don't know if you have anything to say to that because you know sometimes before shows come up you kind of take an aggregate from people here from both sides you know and know the questions that they are asking as well well that is a very good question and it is legitimate to ask where were you all this while then you're just showing up now. That's a legitimate question. But the question we also need to be asking is, has the government provided the platform to show that this offer is open to everyone? Because even with the bidding that was offered to Jais Bank, was it open? Did, did the people of Plato know that there was a bidding going on? Nobody knows there was a bidding going on. So to ask us where we were was because we were left in the dark. We were left, the, the whole situation was shrouded in secrecy. 
And so if it was made open, it was, if it was declared an open bidding, and then we did not bid for it, then you can ask that question, and then it will be legitimate to say you guys have failed. But at this point, it was not made open. So that is one. Then going back to the first question you asked, there are other projects. And absolutely, we agree there are other projects. But right now, this is the project on the front burner. This is the project that is creating contention. And we felt, as the people of Plato, we cannot allow, we cannot sit down on the sidelines and allow a contentious issues like that to just keep rolling on. And then we feel like, okay, well, we'll just let it happen and just take over the other projects that are coming on. Now, the Plato diaspora fund is going to be an ongoing concern entity that, by the grace of God, we intend to look at other projects that are coming up. And as long as the government is going to make it an open bid, we will bid on it. We, we, we are not asking for any special preference. We are not asking for any special entitlement. We are not any special just because we live in the diaspora. We know that clearly very well that we want to be given equal opportunity and let it be made open to the people of Plato to bid for it. Mm. So what, what do you want in return for this? What does Diaspora Fund want in return for this? Absolutely, that's a very good question. Now, the first thing we want in return is to rescue the, 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 the situation and, cre- and, and provide, and provide a, a, an acceptable offer that is going to be acceptable to the people of Plato. Secondly, it's an investment fund. It's not, it's not a, a, a free money. We are investing as business. We are investing as entities who are looking forward to make a return out of it. Now, of course, not to make a return at the, at the detriment of our people, for sure. We are trying to create a platform that will give a win-win situation for both the people on the plateau and for those who will sacrifice their earnings to invest into it. Not a situation that is already creating a sense of fear where we are at the moment not sure you give an entity 60% right of ownership to sell. One issue that we observe is that the government has not even created a kind of a kind of a buffer. If you ask Jay's bank to own 60% and to sell it to recoup their money, is there a kind of a percentage that is allocated that it must go to the plat- the people on the plateau? Such has not been done. And so the fear, which also More the government is trying to dismiss that, but honestly it should be legitimate, is that if you say somebody sell the 60% and decide to sell it out to the highest bidder and decide to sell it out to people who are not residents of the plateau now it deprives the people on the plateau the economic benefit in which it is originally intended to be and so in that in itself it's a faulty so basically what you're saying is the concerns you know the concerns have been valid and you know uh, we really need to look into that we need more information i think that's what everyone has really been crying out for that we need more information we need to understand this issue better while some on the other hand feel this matter has been overflogged mr mense uh, let's throw you in as a legal practitioner there's been a back and forth on this particular matter and here now um the diaspora fund plateau diaspora fund is coming in and they are saying they, they want you, you know whatever agreement that has been made so far to be cancelled let it is, is is that it um mr moses dachen in your in your letter you're saying you want a, a rebeating or something like that yes hello okay mr. well let me explain what that statement means quickly okay now when we came out to say that we want to we want to put the fund 
since the government said their concern was that nobody brought the fund, so we want to put the fund. Mm-hmm. Now, we were consulted by an individual from the government house asking us to submit a proposal. And so we said, okay, you are asking us to submit a proposal. One, we appreciate the fact that you are responding to us, even though we are skeptical, even though we have our concerns. Now, there is no way an individual or us as a group can submit a proposal without knowing the entire intricacies surrounding the project. That is one. Mm-hmm. Without being given an open access to the information regarding to what we need to be rebuilding. What are we submitting proposals for? We are talking about rebuilding the market. So what standard do you want us to rebuild it? What what cost estimates do we need? Are we restoring So, So when they contacted you then, what, what were they contacting you for if they shop. didn't... Sorry to cut you short. So when they contacted you, what were they contacting you for if they didn't have this information to give you at hand? Exactly. So that is what we are asking. The information are not made available to us, but us that we are asked to give to submit a proposal. Now, if we are supposed to go out there and gather those information, don't forget, it's going to require time. It's going to require us deploying uh, representatives who will go on the ground to gather those cost estimates to, to make those market research. Mm. But if the government has those information, we're asking for those information. So we will be able to assess. Okay, so when they contacted you, what did they contact you saying? That is what I'm say- telling you. We were contacted and asked to submit a proposal. That was simple as that. Submit okay. a proposal. And you're and asking, so, you know, like for I what? Say, What's we, the specifics? What are we submitting this proposal for exactly? We want to know. Okay, so you need more information, basically. Mr. Mensah. Okay, we were asked to submit a proposal that we want to bid to, to provide the funding. But we are saying, as, as intellectuals, as people who understand how things are done rightly, we cannot say we want to submit 10 billion naira funding for this market without even knowing how much it will cost to build the market. Mm. Because as far as we are concerned, if you want to go truly in, in real estimates, except if you want to build blocks of shops, 10 billion naira is not enough to build this market to the standard it was before. It's not enough. How did they arrive at that number? That is also something that is shrouded in secrecy. So we, we, we want to have access to that information. So you don't just tell us to submit a proposal. And that is why when we submitted our response for the request for proposal, we didn't want to do this behind closed doors. As much as we understand some government officials felt like, why did we publicize our information? And we responded that the reason why currently this issue is generating problem is because the government is doing everything in secrecy. Mm-hmm. We've made that position clear. And as far as we are concerned, anything that will be done with our group, the diaspora fund, we will want the people on the platform to understand where we stand and where the government stands. Thank you if, so much, if Mr. Anyone will not be uncomfortable. Anyone will be uncomfortable making this position public. Then there is a problem about that. Thank you, Mr. Moses Dachen. M- Mr. Mensah, as a legal practitioner, what's your take on this? Well, um, first and foremost, I want to thank uh, the diasporans for this effort. It's actually laudable because uh, it tells us on the plateau that we have people out there who are actually concerned about our progress as a people here. Um, if you look at the entirety of this arrangement, because um, you discover that there are a lot of questions to be asked and there are a lot of issues that needs, uh, that needs clarification. One of which, of course, is the issue of this public bidding because we know that uh, contractually in every agreement, of course, it must be made public so that people will have... Um, 
genuine interest to actually bid for it. And that is why uh, the diasporans, just like uh, each and every average plateau man, is raising concern that indeed this was not made known to people and nobody knew about it. And so it's actually an issue that must be uh, considered by government. And government must also understand that in issues like this, you should not allow people uh, to be making some kind of guessing that, okay, this is what the government might actually be intending to do. You should actually make it so open. Uh, there should be full disclosure of information. There should be critical consultations with major stakeholders within the state and even outside the state. And also, no information must be left without actually allowing people to have access to it. And so these are some of the issues that have actually come up together, making it so dancing for people to understand indeed what does the government really want and uh, looking at the plateau issue i don't want to subscribe to the illusion that indeed it is because it is jay's bank and islamic bank and all of that that is actually causing the hula baloo but i want to feel more strongly that um, any bank can actually come in and also uh, fund the contract but the basic question that is actually on the line is the fact that it must be made public people must know let others individuals corporate organizations get to know about it and let them feel uh, interested to actually bid for the contract so legally i feel this agreement or memorandum must actually be looked into the terms must be reviewed and of course government of course at this point must halt every uh, effort towards uh, forceful execution of the contract because it will be against uh, the whims and caprices of the plateau people mm. all right so um again let me, let me quickly let me quickly add to that point if you don't mind all righty go ahead okay so uh I appreciate what you said. Uh, I didn't get your name right. Your guest in the studio, uh, Mr. Manuel Mense Madaki. Mr. Mense, thank you so much for really capturing our our sentiment in that. You know, uh, one of the points we also pointed in our letter, uh, our re response to the government, is that the government is saying submit a proposal. Now they went, they did not make it open. So we say, if the government is saying submit a proposal, is the government now acknowledging that they have initiated a conversation with the diasporans? Are they saying they are willing to accept our proposal? Because right now the people on the plateau are not even aware if the government has initiated a conversation with the diasporans. And that is why we are going public. And then secondly, one other aspect we put is that if the government is saying submit a proposal, then they must be willing to also openly admit that they are suspending any further talks with Jai Bank or with the contractor that has been assigned to do the construction. Because you cannot be saying submit a proposal while there is an ongoing discussion that shows a level of insincerity. Mm. And then lastly, which also something I would throw out there for whoever is out there to think through, when the government is awarding the bidding for the construction of this market, already we have heard through the MOU that a company has been chosen to, 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 to rebuild this market. Mm. Now, that is also another problem. How did they arrive at the expertise of this company? Is this a, a Nigerian company? Is this an indigenous company? How did you arrive at awarding a contract to a company on a, an MOU that has not been signed? You know, so these are questions, and people have the right 
to raise agitation about all these things. And the government should stop dismissing the concerns of people saying it is mere politics, it is religious sentiment, it is all of that. No, it is not. These are legitimate concerns, and we need a government that needs to sit down to listen. All right, I agree with you indeed. We need to do that. But then we have other issues to exhaust uh, in this few minutes uh, that we have for this program. Uh, so talking about the um, no, no work, no pay policy. I don't know how we're going to, how Nigeria and us are going to resolve this one, you know. And how has uh, Diaspora looked at, you know, Plateau, uh, looked at, you know, what's been going on with the public education system uh, at the moment, Mr. Moses? Well, to be honest with you, uh, public education in Nigeria is uh, it's a challenge. Now, apart from primary education, which now this time around I'm speaking in my own capacity as a Nigerian citizen, as an individual from Plateau State, as one who has gone through education in Nigeria, primary, secondary, and tertiary education, I understand the challenges of what students are going through. Mm. At the same time, I can understand the challenge of people who are professionals teaching in that field. Now, I would say, in my opinion, the government should only concentrate in managing primary education. Now, primary and secondary education, anything tertiary education, it is time for the government to hands off because the government has not demonstrated its capacity and its ability to be able to manage tertiary education adequately. Now, I want to say is that as, as, as sad as it is to see ASU going on such a prolonged strike, the government has failed to keep up its own end of the bargain. Now, for you to come in the middle of the game to say no work, no pay, when you have already agreed on terms and you keep shifting the goalposts, you know, that is totally unfair. That is totally not right. And where there is no justice, you should expect such kind of a revolt. And until the government sits down and address this matter and fulfill its own part of the bargain, people will feel cheated. People will feel disenchanted. Thank you and so this much. Kind of, this kind of problems will continue. Thank you, Mr. Moses. Okay, Mr. Emmanuel Mensah, you wrote an article concerning this. Uh, what's your view? Okay, um, first and foremost, I want to say that uh, we are regulating uh, or operating a system that is actually governed by laws. And uh, the laws are actually applicable. They are not laws that uh, ought to be, but the laws that as they are. Now, one of uh, such laws is... Um, the Trade Unions Act, which is very, very important. If you look at what ASU is doing, uh, the, their concerns are genuine. Of course, there have been agreements, uh, memoranda, memoranda, and all of that of understanding uh, this year, year in, year out, of course, agreeing with the federal government and making concessions and compromises in order to ensure that, yes, the university system is actually revitalized, the academic system is actually seen to be more robust. But then, in as much as we are sympathizing with ASU, uh, over all these issues, they have been at home for, uh, oh, I think, over five months now uh, without work. And uh, the law is very, very trite. The law is actually sacrosanct. And, of course, there are established principles that the courts have made pronouncements on them. And one of which is uh, under Section 43 of the Trade Unions Act. It is so explicit that where a worker has joined um, 
any strike, that worker should not be entitled to any wages, to any remuneration, and anything, and all of that. So it tells you, or it leaves you with one single signification and conclusion that, in as much as ASU is actually putting it as one of the conditions for them to return to work, that if the government is willing to pay them the five-month salary of uh, the months they stay at home while striking, they will be willing to go back to work. But then, the question is, should it now be as of rights or as a privilege or as a form of magnanimity by the federal government to pay them? If you look at the cases that we have or I've cited in my article, the Court of Appeal in this country, in this jurisdiction, has decided the issue. And even the Supreme Court has made so many pronouncements in respect of that, that inasmuch as a worker, he who employs you determines what you should be paid. And as he determines what you should be paid, he should also be determined by the contract agreement between you and the party. What ASU has been agreeing with the federal government has always been a memorandum of understanding. And being a memorandum of understanding, almost always somebody will tell you it's a gentleman's arrangement, of course, unenforceable in law. If it were an arrangement, an agreement, as it were, of course, you don't even need to go back to meet ASU, uh, federal government, to say, okay, we have an agreement with you, honor the terms of the terms of, uh, the terms of the, the agreement. The law would prevail. The law will prevail. You proceed to court, challenge the, the, the inability of the federal government to honor the terms of the contract, and of course, it becomes a working document that the court will act on. But coming down to say that the federal government should pay you, to me, I feel, I am not just speaking my opinion, but I'm speaking the law as it is. Section 43 So the federal is government is right on this one, is that what the you're saying? The federal government no is, right, is right on this one. In fact, if you remember in 2019, when uh, Association of Resident Doctors embarked on strike like this, they stayed for about two months or so. They came back and said, okay, fine, pay us. Federal government say, we are not going to pay you for the months you did not work. That leaves us with a single conclusion that since you did not work for this month, we are not going to pay you. But in the All long right. run, the federal government then decided Let's to say, the phone out lines. of magnanimity. Let's hear from our listeners. 90 in four places, 990-988-48848. And also you can contribute on our feedback handle on facebook.com forward slash JFMJOS, Twitter at JFMJOS. On this matter, we have talked about uh, the Jais Bank and the Plateau Diaspora Fund. Uh, those two... Uh, we will say at the moment are the two uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, organizations that are, uh, are investing or showing interest uh, in this uh, particular matter that's going on as for bidding, uh, you know, for a spot to take, uh, you know, ownership and uh, uh, to bring a different contract on the table. So what is your take on that? And then also what is your take on the ASU FG face-off that is going on at the moment? No work, no pay policy. Uh, our legal practitioner in the house has made it clear that uh, by law that the, the federal government is right and uh, it's, a, it's refreshing to hear that this time you know there was no breaking of any laws 09055 hello are you there 09055 in four places 99 hello Hello, good morning, Zoe, and your guest is uh, Radio Mama. I don't know, calling from Rancher. Welcome. I don't agree with him. It could be the law, what he's saying. In the first instance, the work is, uh, no work, no pay. Was it not the federal government that made them to go on track? Were they not working when they were not working? Then again, Asu's case is different. I'm an educationist. Yeah, they, 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 they are going to, uh, uh, I mean, uh, go back to that workload. Even if it is a fire brigade form, they must cover the part of it. They must set the exam. They will examine them. So what are you talking about? Where is there uh, uh, no work there? They have to, unless, unless they want to write off that section, uh, those sessions, then they, they can now forfeit that. But it doesn't make sense. 
Mm. You know, it's not the same as doctors. Doctors don't come back. When, when they come back, uh, they, sometimes the patients are being discharged. They, they, they start with new patients, you understand? But they not Radio mama. Or like, you didn't go to a university. This one is a curriculum and you shouldn't miss any part of the curriculum. You must go back to some of it. Thank you so much, Radio Mama. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Roy, and the guests in the studio. Thank you for calling. Let's talk. Thank you, Amusa Ike Kalu, calling you from Angorogo. Okay. You see, Zoe, when uh, Asu was about to enter this strike, mm. the federal government were telling them, let's keep on dialogue, di- dialoguing. Because if you go to strike, we will implement no work, no pay. This is already constitutional matter. And Asu on his own said, it's a sacrifice he's willing to give on his own self for his own freedom. If the government to implement the work no work no pay, it doesn't matter. They don't care. They have they will go and seek for their right. Now mm. it has come on future. The the question I'm asking as the way you admitted and you already know what is on ground. Now it's not happening. Why are you are not accepting it? Because no single Nigeria is not accepting that the educational system in Nigeria is very, very bad. But what we are talking about we want a situation where Rule and regulation, rule of the law should be utmost should supersede. All right, we hope that the rule of law will supersede in every situation, not just when it has to do with ASU and the federal government. Hello, good morning and welcome. Hello, sorry, good, good morning. Good morning, thank you for joining us. My name is Edward, I'm calling from Zafaganda. I want to commend your guests, they were particularly the guy from the US, Mr. Moses, mm. uh, for the diaspora form, for just diasporans. I want to suggest that this, uh, uh, um, the Jasmine Market uh, building that is to be rebuilt, there has been an antecedent of recurrent destruction of that, uh, that, uh, that uh, market. Why don't we follow the trend of the former government of decentralizing the situation of markets in this space? Mm. If Jai's bank is not allowed to build that bank, uh, that uh, market with the diasporans bring their funds, I can assure you it will be it will have a negative implication. The merchants of destruction will still go after that market. Hmm. Let's keep it open, get the market cited for the just north, put a market for the just south, the one that Jiang and his uh, government has put, let them renovate it. Let the town be decentralized rather than having the congregation of people with time crisis to set in place. Thank you so, so much. We appreciate. Okay, you feel like uh, because of the crisis, uh, just not is prone to crisis. You feel like we really need to think about the security uh, in that place. Okay, we have also in the studio just joining us Chief Kefas Robshik, the former governorship aspirant under the PDP that came second after joining the party in six weeks before election. Thank you for joining us, uh, Chief Kefas Robshik. Thank you. Good morning. Good to have you in our studio. So um, you've been following the program. I asked you to uh, keep following as you're coming on your way. We've talked about us. We've talked about the markets. But then let's talk about the markets, especially the, the, the just main markets. And uh, now we have the Platoon Diaspora Fund also coming in and saying, you know, they also want to participate and they want the bid, you know, open. They want more information concerning what's going on. Uh, what do you think about, you know, they're coming in also? Um, for me... I think it's a good development as far as I'm concerned, but uh, most especially, I I equally want to be very careful in saying some things because for me, um, the plateau diaspora fund has the first right of refusal because they are plateau people, 
right? Mm. But then, do they really have the funds? It's very important that we look into this. All right, and, Mr. Uh, Moses. And um, is there any proof of funds? Mm. Because it's very important. Uh, we need to be careful. I, I, the Jais market stuff and plateau government is a very sensitive issue. I know the concern most people have is the issue of um, 40 years and all that. Mm. But you see, um, I'm... I'm, I'm 40, 60% ownership. Yeah, 40, 50% ownership uh, is something that is not uh, surprising for some of us because I'm a businessman. And um, I have equally done a lot of uh, joint ventures. I equally have a land in uh, Abuja, which I'm into the same kind of arrangement so i know how it works mm. um, but on a serious because so are you saying that's a, 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 a fair investor, arrangement as a businessman are you saying that's I, a fair arrangement i don't want us to throw the baby and the, the bathwater bath away that's the truth and like i said to some persons i don't really want um the same issue that happened to nigeria in general that's the issue of um subsidy to happen to plateau you see the same apc government through the issue of uh, subsidy away uh, because of their selfish interests. And now we're going back to the same subsidy issue because I cannot comprehend how um, 6.7 trillion we budgeted for subsidy for the next year. And we keep going front and back because of this kind of same issues. Mm. And so for me, for me, um, I know one of the major problems people have is the issue of um, the 40 years, um, the Jais Bank being an Islamic uh, bank. Mm. Yeah? But we still need to. General um, lack of information. Is yes. What my major problem with the whole of the Jais Bank issue Your major is that the mm -hmm. government do not carry people along. That's it. That's my major problem. Okay. Outside that, I don't think I have uh, much issue with uh, Jais Bank being an Islamic bank. No. If I ask, if I want to ask, without uh, uh, being sentimental, and people should forgive me, please, is there any Christian bank that give out money without a loan? So um, let's keep that aside. Um, let's look deeply. What is going to be the benefit for Plateau people? Do you understand? Um, I have read different articles. I've read different opinions, and. Um, Somebody said something that is very important. Yeah, the government can equally make it a project for Plateau. But then, my major problem with contract, as far as this concerned, is the bureaucracy surrounding the whole of um, contractual agreement. At the end of the day, if it's the government that is going to give out this contract directly, going to get loan and all that, we're going to talk about interest, we're going to talk about a whole lot of things. And... Um, there's going to be a lot of variation. This contract that is meant for 9.4 billion or 9.6 billion, at the end of the day, it's going to end up up to 20 something, 30 something billion. Mm. And so there's a lot of issues surrounding also the whole of get this. That clear. You know? You know, we won't, we won't really know what decision to make exactly. But the thing is, again, you know, they say that, that, that it can generate one trillion naira annually. It can give a GDP of almost uh, a trillion a year, uh, you know, as well. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's we're sitting on a mine of gold. It's, it's worth over a hundred trillion naira, you know, the value of it when established. So it's, it's a lot for us to think of. And then, of course, we have to make sure. Yes, Mr. Moses, jump in, please. Thank you so much. And uh, first, I want to say welcome to Mr. Kepa Sopshik, a very nice gentleman. Nice to hear your voice over the radio. Uh, now, you started by bringing out a very, very important uh, point. Um, 
give the guys in that for a half month. Mm-hmm. Now, it is really one of the challenge we have had from the government end. And by the way, I want to say that we share a lot in common in terms of our, our submission. We both agree that uh, Jai's bank shouldn't really matter whether it's Islamic or non-Islamic. In fact, for those of us in diaspora, it can be traditional worshippers' bank. We really don't care. Mm. Uh, the, the important thing is just like Mr. Kepa said, the information, and like I reiterated, everything has been shrouded in secrecy. Now, going back to the submission, if we do have the money, 10 billion naira is nothing. And the reality is that when an individual or entity decides to come together to go into a venture like this, don't forget, there are two ways to do this. Either we have the money stashed in the bank account that we are willing to pull out, or we have assets and resources that we are willing to put in as a collateral, which many of us have resources, have assets, have houses here that we are willing to put in and raise the funds from financial institutions, or we are willing to go into partnership with financial institutions by whom we have established business relationships. By the by, what you're saying that is what you're saying is the fund is not an issue for you. Exactly. So anybody using the phone as an issue to think like they want to use that as an excuse to dismiss the people in diaspora, it is either they don't know how things are done outside Nigeria or it is just mischievous. Now, the last thing I want to say, which I reiterated in the first place, is this. We in diaspora are not insisting that it has to be us. No. All we are saying is that the due process has not been followed. And that is why we are coming in to rescue the situation. And like Mr. Kronchi said, we have the right of first refusal as natural citizens. So if we feel like we can be part of what is going on, what is wrong in giving us a chance? And if anybody out there feels like they don't have the money, fine, trust us, give us the chance, and then let us fail. And then Thank you can you so go much. out there and say, All yeah, right, we, uh, we have just some few more minutes to exhaust uh, this show. Uh, so let's move on now to issues of politics in the polity. Uh, political parties are gearing up for their campaign period. The APC has made an announcement uh, of their, for their media team. Uh, we also see um, the, the PDP, the presidential candidates, uh, seems to be taking seriously the reconciliation. Uh, governor Fintiri, the governor of Adamawa State to lead the Atiku team to meet the Wike team. Uh, well, uh, not so much has been finalized. Uh, top issues, of course, the positions which are said to be from one zone of the country. Part of the agitation is that Yocha Yu should step aside. Our former PDP chairman says the board of trustees did not do enough. They allowed the internal wranglings to continue for too long. And uh, here it is again in the Daily Post newspaper, one of the breaking stories uh, with uh, Jonah Jang. He's giving a warning here on 2023. says, ignoring Wike will lead to defeat. Jonah Jang warns Atiku. So let's throw you in. Uh, Mr. Robshik, Mr. Kefers Robshik, you as a political aspirant, one of the PDP governorship aspirant, uh, what do you say to this issue? It's been brewing since uh, the conclusion of the primaries. I don't know if it's going to go away anytime soon. Um, for some of us, um, we pray the issue ends uh, anytime soon. But um, regardless, I don't think anybody is an island. And um, Wiki is somebody I respect so much. Um, Wiki has a lot of capacity, but we're pushing too far on an issue that is not really meant to be the way it is. Why am I saying that? Um, it's politics, and politics has a lot of intrigues. And however anybody pushed you out, 
um, what you need to do is try all you can to equally fit in. Um, I, you see, so many people you too are not. And so many second, people too So you can understand not, closely I how Wiki feels. I do, but I didn't take it to heart the way Wiki is taking it, and which you is you think very he's important. a he's a he's a sore loser. Um, he's being a sore loser. I want to be careful with my words because some of the things supporters see equally push him to getting more angrier and I want to be careful with my words. Okay then. Yeah, because Wiki is somebody that I respect so much. Um, Wiki is the reason why some of us lost but we're not taking it to heart the way he's taking it. Wiki has equally hurt a lot of people Mm. in the politics in Rivers. The person that emerged, is it really the choice of the people? No. Mm. But Wicked's influence made it to be, and so many people are quiet about it. And so I think that should transcend into the national politics too, for me, and that's my opinion. And um, I want to say this. I am just seeing the comment of our father, Babajan, and I want people like him to be careful in things they say, because the people around Wiki are the ones making the issue more tougher. They should be able to, I mean, have the spirit of the party and equally talk to Wiki, equally calm his, his nerves and to know it, that it's, it's uh, the bigger be, picture is better than what we're saying. It's good to be optimistic and optimism is really good. But if this resolution fails, what do you see playing out then? Um, I pray it does not fail, which is the most important thing. But if it does fail... Um, life goes on. There should be other strategies on how to win the election. It's simple. Life goes on. Yeah, sure. All right. Mr. Mense. Well, um, as for me, I want to see Governor Wiki as one of the key players as far as uh, PDP is concerned, not only in the river state, but in Nigeria as a whole. But fundamentally, there are core values, fundamental values of the party. For the fact that you have lost an election within the party, does not mean that in every decision you must be reckoned with. I think it was as a result of the choice of the running mates that actually triggered off some of these issues that Wiki is contending that indeed he was not carried along. That notwithstanding, I feel the fundamental core values of the party must be sustained and the spirit of the party winning election in 2023 should be the core mandate that each and every party member should be able to hold to high esteem. Hmm. That is what I feel. All right, Mr. Moses. Are you there? Yes. Well, uh, yes, on the issue of uh, politics, uh, PDP politics, FDC politics, the truth for me is that uh, PDP itself has defied its own standards. Uh, Its constitution says it should zone the presidency to the South. They they defied it and violated it. So to be honest, this is my position, not the position of the aspirant. I really Mm -hmm. don't care what happens to them. I mean, I want them to fail because I am obedient. Oh. And we will continue to push. Wow. Through. Okay. So let's leave that. Them. Let's leave that there. What do you think about diaspora voting? We just saw the concluded elections in Kenya, and uh, even those in. But prison I need were to correct an impression to, to, because to he just got something wrong. Uh, if you want to go to the PDP zoning system, uh, the last president during the PC PDP aspirant was from the south south. 
So it's only logical that it should come to the north. And in the north, we are saying the northeast have not done presidency. So I think the mandate of article is the right one. All right, no and problem. And for the people, we're not doing campaigns at this time, and so it's yeah, of course. Right. Not, I'm just Thank trying to so clear an impression. Thank you. Thank you. So let's move on so, now. So about, Talking about your question about that. Yes, let's jump I there. I think it is high time, uh, high time for the government of Nigeria to recognize and give us that capacity. Because mm -hmm. if Kenya can do that, I don't see why we couldn't. We contribute almost one third of the GDP of Nigeria by our remittances. So I think we should be considered as a voice to be reckoned with. And I hope our subsequent government will really put this into consideration. All right. Thank you so much. Let's take some more phone calls. Hello, zero nine zero five five six and four places nine nine zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. And also on our Facebook handle, Felkuka Factors, the same state of Nigeria as of now is going as an individual property. Twenty twenty three is an exit and nearby. The, the main market saga should be put aside first. Why is this government insisting on building it? They should be preparing for handing over now. Hello. Good morning. Very good morning to you, Zoe Machunga. Good morning, the guests and the guests in the diaspora. Thank you. I, I support. I'm Comrade Dado Antiba Solomon. I'm calling from Anguaru, Cuba. Uh, I, I want to appreciate uh, the guests in the diaspora. He has spoken well. And I also appreciate uh, the guests uh, with you there. Uh, Zoe Machunga, you know, I, I want to say something about this rebuilding of Jesmaine Machunga. You know, Please do so we quickly. Want to hear from, yeah, we want to hear from the, the State House of Assembly members. They should submit the, 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 the report that the government gave them time to go and sample the opinion of their constituents. They should report it officially. And again, we want to hear from the United States from from Plateau State. These two should say something. Right. This, it should not look like Plateau people are just making noise. We want to hear from them. They are, they are people's mandate. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. I do hope that they're listening as well. And this is an open invitation. We need that information real bad. Hello. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning, Zui. Welcome. Let's talk. Uh, this is a pointed junction. My sister, my take this money that uh, we have to give it to Asu. Honestly speaking, and those that are telling us no work, no thing. Had it been the government of the day, have a listening ear. Asu wouldn't have gone to, gone to the strike, and our students are suffering at home now. So what I'm just trying to tell those that are telling that telling us that uh, maybe for us to 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 to, to join federal government to, to to you know to punish Asu for no notice. Yeah, so you're not a part of that. People. Thank you so much. Hello, good morning. Okay, well, um, time is not our friend at this time, but let's see what we can do. Uh, Margaret Vincent Idaka says, The just main market, why can't it be relocated to another place and develop another area and turn that main market to a parking lot? Because if they do, the revenue that it will generate uh, a lot of revenue for the state. Uh, Gong Jong Monday says, Kudos to the Plateau people in diaspora for their concerns for our people. Please let Plateau government open up bidding for the Zaria Road Stadium, please. Tengong Steven says, Good morning. Why is it that the FG will only bring issues of law when it's in their favor. Who caused the strike? I beg, pay us to let them go back to class. After all, the lecturers will carry out researches and do other issues. Dimas Bala says the Joss main market project should be handled with caution following the views and opinions of majority of Plateau uh, citizens. Forcing it will be dangerous since 18 constituencies voted against it and only 8 voted for the rebuilding. In democracy, majority have their way and minority have uh, their... Uh, I'm not sure what you're saying there. But then, so thank you all 
all so much for dropping your comments. Keep it coming. And uh, lastly, gentlemen, let's get your last words uh, concerning you, Plateau Diaspora Fund, Mr. Moses Dachen. Let's get your last words concerning uh, what you want to do and what you want the government to do for you uh, going forward. Well, uh, what we want the government to do for us is to make everything transparent and create an enabling environment for those of us who are out here to be able to be involved in the economic activity of our state. And lastly, to the people of Latu, I want to encourage everyone to stay calm, stay patient. I call on the government to try and be transparent. It is not hard. Try and be transparent with respect to government policies and how they intend to implement that. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. And on issues of politics, let's talk to you again, um, Mr. Kefas Robshik. Um, the way forward, when political parties have issues, you know, what is the way forward? Um, the internal please, mechanisms. Permit me to say something different because uh, the Jais Bank issue is very important and mm. the just main market. Because for me, I'm an entrepreneur. And um, what Moses just said is very important. Transparency is key. But I equally want to see the plateau people in diaspora or the plateau business in diaspora or whatever they call themselves, where were they before now? Have they done anything on the plateau for us to see that they have that capacity? Moses is my in-law. He knows me. I know him one-on-one. I don't want to go that far, but I seriously insist and I want to know, have they shown any proof of funds and what are the modalities they are going to use to fix that market? Let's not play politics is what is happening as far as I'm concerned because it's a very sensitive issue. Okay. It's very, very because it has a lot to do with plateau lives. We need to wrap yeah. up. We need to wrap up, please. Gentlemen, we don't have the time. We have to wrap up. We need to wrap up. And so thank you so much for your time on the program. Um, Mr. Kefas Robchik, we hope to have you, you know, for the full, you know, 55 minutes another time. Thank you so much, Mr. Moses Dachen for Plateau Diaspora Fund via phone in the U.S. Thank you also, Chief Kefas Robchik, former PDP governorship aspirant. And thank you, Mr. Emmanuel Mensah Madaki. And this is the offing this Monday morning. Keep a date. We will do this again tomorrow. I am yours truly, Zoe Machunga. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.